The Pinball Network is online. Launching Free Play Pinball Podcast. What's up, Pinball Land? Welcome to Free Play Pinball Episode 6. Bill's back! We're back. Um, listen to the episode with you and Zach. That was uh, good times. You and him uh, always have some great banter. You know, I love me some Zach. He uh, he makes it easy, and it was kind of fun to hear him go off on his little professional rant there at the end. And it felt like we accomplished some good stuff. We solved some world issues. So, yeah, I'm feeling good about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's been so long since we've talked. We haven't covered, like, some of the Anything? late great breaking stuff in the last month, I feel like. Well, it's been crazy on my end, you know. Um, the wife started school again between gymnastics and... Other Kids stuff started with my school. daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been crazy. And um, and you got another year older. So happy belated birthday. I did. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So um, since we last talked, there's been a little bit of pinball news, um, some of which we will dive deeper in than others, I think, just because some of it now has it's just been gone over so many times that I don't think anybody wants to hear it. It's kind of looking... Um, you know, Spooky has their new games out. There were a couple shows, and we got to see some gameplay, and it's good that Halloween and Ultraman are sold out, from what I hear, because the reception of the actual gameplay, not quite what everybody was hoping for yet. Still some code issues there. Yeah, and that, t- and that stuff generally takes time. It does. I was kind of surprised to hear that Ultraman kind of had a little bit higher of a review than Halloween. I figured Halloween would have been the... Uh, the go-to game for that but but you know what honestly i mean i could see those really taking off once code develops you know um here like batman 66 when that first came out um i don't even know if you're in the hobby when that came out in all honesty Mm -hmm. nope um that was expo of 2015 or no 16 something like that um they wouldn't let anyone play the game because the code was still so underdeveloped and i remember hearing stories like they were applying artwork you know up until the you know, last hour trying to get it ready for it to be shown at Expo. And, uh, you know, it felt like that game in particular took about a year, year and a half for the code to get further along for that game to kind of take off. And, you know, I mean, I think it's just just timing issue. Um, And I'm sure when code comes along, that'll really develop the game as well. Absolutely. And there's some code updates we have to talk about today, too. Um, But before we hit that, uh, Multimorphic has a new game out. So, Anybody who is looking for a pinball machine or more than one pinball machine but does not have room for more than one pinball machine, I strongly suggest checking out Multimorphic. Um, Heist is really cool, and that's been out for a little bit now. And they announced Monday of this week that they are releasing the Sorcerer's Apprentice, which I haven't seen much on it, but what I have seen looks super, super cool. That one does look pretty awesome. Yeah, that I think that platform has so much potential. I'm telling you, I, I want an 80s game, and I think that would be the platform to do it. Digital would be the way to do it. Well, and you and I have talked about this. I mean, you could do an 80s music pin mm-hmm. off of it, right? <clears throat> Obviously unlicensed and frowned upon, I'm sure. Um, 80s mo- uh, movie pin, um, 90s movies pins. Uh, 90s music pins. 90s music pin, 90s rap pins, right? Yes. Um. And don't forget, you know, I mean, one of the classics of the 90s in my eyes would be like Friday. Yeah, We'll never get a Friday pinball machine. We will never get a Friday pinball machine in a traditional pinball machine. 
but exactly. we but digital offers a lot more capabilities and um, a lot more options and opportunities I think so yeah really hoping that those guys continue to do well and gain popularity I think that's a really cool I know I'm I'm getting hate mail after this one because everybody's like no you need a physical machine um, but you know what though here it, it, there's punch, uh, a bunch of news to talk about but let's yeah. let's deep dive this for 30 seconds or so yeah. so you have the homebrew community right mm-hmm. and you have the um virtual pin guys that are coming up with their own games and making stuff. And a lot of that stuff I feel like in the last couple of years has really taken off and people are building virtual games, uh, virtual pinball to play tables that people have done on, you know, as a side project and wrote their own rules and stuff. And so it wouldn't surprise me if some of these titles that you would never get the licenses for, you'd never get the music for, um, would actually take off. Exactly. And you know, this is my thing is, Everybody who is hating on me, uh, or if there is any hate, just keep in mind that a virtual pinball play field will never chip. This is true, and you shouldn't have a clear code issue. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that's a really cool thing. I think there's a lot of potential, and I look forward to seeing more on that. So cheers to you, Multimorphic. I think that's awesome. What else do we have here? We have CGC. Yeah, Chicago Gaming. Um, had a it kept their great secret of the Cactus Canyon remake that nobody saw coming. Revealed. Yeah, well, it was the, revealed last or it was announced. No reveal yet, but it was announced. Friday, I believe, right? Yes, Friday of last week. Um, and there's a rumor. I actually heard this rumor before you did because you've been so tied up with family stuff. There is a rumor circulating that Lyman Sheets is writing code at Chicago Gaming. For the Cactus Canyon Rake. Crazy. Yes. So, so, I mean, there's two ways of looking at this. So, do you think he's rewriting the code for the entire game? Do you think he's basing it off of Cactus Canyon Continue? Do you think that he's just writing it to what it was when it was released? Because it's a different platform, so you do have to rewrite the code. You don't just take the old code and implement it in the new computer, if I'm not mistaken. I, I From what I have read, the rumor is that he is writing code based he's going to include some of the older you know elements of the code but kind of like the guys at haggis have done with fathom they'll include some of the historical features of the remake game but it will also have a lot of new code this is just the rumors that i've heard these sources are you know pinball sources i'm not going to necessarily say they're reliable but i think that is pretty cool if he's doing it Congratulations if you are, Lyman. I'm glad that you landed someplace awesome that's going to let you get back into a game that that you're familiar with. So, Well, don't forget, they have an original title coming out at some point as well. So I could see him really deep diving on that one. Absolutely. And what a great way to break yourself in. You're going to you're gonna update some code on a game that you're familiar with and then deep dive into code on a, on a brand new game. And I'm excited. I know there's also, you know, the rumor mill is always going in, in pinball. So I'm excited to see what their license game is going to be. Hopefully Lots it's of rumors. Good. Yes. Heard some 90s stuff. I, I've heard everything from movies to music to video games to, yeah, it's it's been across the board. So I'm curious to see what Chicago Gaming puts out. Well, I'm excited that he's out of, you know, if that's true, if that, if that is true, him out of Stern and seeing what he does on his own two feet at a new company, you know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And he's not the only one out of Stern. 
because I'm yeah, I know you weren't living under a rock for this one, but Steve Ritchie has joined Jersey Jack Pinball. For anybody who, you know, has been radio silent for the past two weeks, um, he, Steve Ritchie is the new designer at JJP. Pat Lawler is still there. You have Eric Minier still there. Um, I, there were some people that had some things to say about that, like why do they need three designers and um, Steve might be a little old and. And I, and I was one of those people. I mean, Zach and I discussed it uh, right before the announcement came out. We were speculating on that. And it's an interesting setup. You have two legends and somebody who is potentially going to be a legend working as designers for JJP. Mm-hmm. All three of them have incredibly different styles. All three of them have incredibly different personalities. That can be a good thing or a bad thing. But now, I mean, Eric has to be a kid in a candy store because you have legends you are learning from now. Oh, yeah. And, and I know he really, really is a big fan of Richie. So I can just imagine his excitement being able to talk and bounce stuff off of Steve. Um, it, it's interesting times. Um, I know people, you know, have said, you know, why they have three designers. They can't keep up with games, whatever. Well, what if pants roll changes? You know, I mean, these guys are getting older, right? They are. Um, and, and listen, I hope they design until, you know, they're 90 or as long as they can, within reason, obviously. Um, but think about how much experience between Pat and Steve are now under one roof. So when you look at that, because I actually was thinking about that, too. And what was it? Steve has been in doing this now for, what, 46 years, I think was said. Yeah. And Pat, somewhere in there, you're looking at almost 100 years combined experience on pinball design. And then you have this young kid who's relatively green in this subject. I mean, and Eric is by no means green. He has put out some amazing games. You have these guys who have this vast imagination and knowledge on how to make things work with well, both old school configuration and new school configuration. That's amazing. Well, between Pan and Steve, I mean, they've sold the most pinball machines probably in the last 50 years than any anybody else, you know. Um, I haven't ran numbers on that, but I mean, those are two, you know, head to head. Even if you're new in this hobby, you've heard those names. Oh yeah. You know, and, and those are names that for those who have been involved in the hobby for a while, they're household names now. Um, well, it's like Metallica and Guns N' Roses back in the day. It felt like you were either one or the other. Well, now you have both camps in one mm -hmm. building, which is exactly. awesome. Exactly. Um, and you know, they're both going to guide both of them. And I don't think... You know, I mean, at some point, some of these guys are going to start retiring. And it's great that I think that they're bringing these people in to to see what they can do, kind of develop Eric along a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. and, and Eric, by no means, is, is a rookie by any, you know, standpoint. He's really come a long way. Um, great games, obviously, but, uh, you know, I, I think that's invaluable. Um, and if you listen to that interview from Jersey Jack, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that. I did. I did with our good friend Ken Carmel um, talking to Steve Ritchie about his transition to JJP. And, and, and you know, what I took away from that was um, Steve might not, it might not have been the best fit for Steve at the moment there. Mm -hmm. And he felt uh, a little, what's the term I'm looking for? He's, he sounded dissatisfied with his environment. Yes. Um, Not with his job, but with his environment. And there is an old adage that goes around that people do not quit jobs, they quit employers. True. 
and, and 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 he made it very clear that there's a lot of people at Stern he still loves and he's gonna deep uh, deeply miss. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was time for him to make a change. Um, and the way that it, it sounded, it sounded like you know there's more that he'd like to do, and he thinks that he'll have that opportunity at Georgia Jack to do this. You know, and I I think that that's going to be an awesome opportunity for him because we own a couple of Sterns, we own a couple of JJPs, we own. You know, we we own a few different uh, manufacturers of games. You you've been around the block and probably owned one of each from everybody at this point in time. There is a different feel when you walk up to a Jersey Jack game versus a Stern game, and and you and I were kind of talking separately. We really have to start recording our phone conversations because we have some great ones. We'll have to call those off the record or something. Yeah, for real. But we talked about this. You know, what what makes it special? There's when you stop and and really dissect the games, there's not a whole heck of a lot as far as innovation in the JJP games that's just absolutely groundbreaking and crushing it. Like this is there's some. I'm not knocking I'm saying every game's the same. <coughs> but at the same time, there's something involving the immersion or the use of the li- of the licensure and how they integrate it that's that's different. I love my my Stern games, but mm-hmm. we tend to hang on to our Jersey Jack games unless somebody knocks on our door with a bag full of money. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, which has happened. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, and I still miss that game, but I'm, well, exci- I'm excited to see if there's a little bit more freedom, um, creative freedom and financial backing for that creative freedom because you know when you're buying a Jersey Jack game, you're going to spend a little bit more than a Stern. And, well, you know, everything has a cost. And here's the thing. So when you hear that Stern's coming out with a new game, mm-hmm. you get the butterflies. Yeah, I get it. I get butterflies for new games regardless. Okay, but when you hear like Jersey Jack's gonna release a game, I get goosebumps. Okay, you know, and it's not yeah. like how do I want to say this? It's nothing against you know Stern. It's just Stern has a much more frequent cycle of games. You know, so when it's a title, I might not be too enthused about right i don't i'm not a big marvel fan and i don't follow a lot of that stuff um it's harder for me to get excited about stuff like that um that said you know the the last couple jj you know jersey jack games are things that you know i relate to a little more to so of course i had a little bit even you know higher stakes in the game because i really wanted to see those um and honestly that you know that said there's been times where i've heard a new games coming from stern um like whoever the designer might be you know and and past stuff that they've done play the game even though the theme might not call to me and, and there's one game in specific that i'm thinking of it's mandalorian you know um and you've enjoyed mandalorian so far i you know what for not being that invested into it it is a very fun game and i don't follow you know star wars or mm-hmm. any of that kind of stuff i haven't watched mandalorian but i still really enjoy that game so you know in in, in my eyes that is a great game based on its own merit of being a pinball machine not theme integration or anything else. And and I think that's the difference is Stern makes licensed games for the pinball player. Jersey yes. Jack makes pinball games based on the enthusiasm of the fans of the license. If that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars. We are huge Star Wars fans. We have a Star Wars room in our house. We are that level nerd and even Falgren on our first episode had mentioned this. Star Wars was a 
pin that was a theme made for pinball fans. It was it was not necessarily made for your super diehard Star Wars fans. Yes. Um, you know, I see that a little bit in Mando too. I've played it a couple times on location. I I will continue to play it. I mean, it's it's not something I think that we would own in our home, but it is it's fun. There's a lot I need to figure out on it. I need to spend more time on it. When I played it, it was like brand new and there was a line. And honestly, I think once you get to that point, you'll have different feelings because, you know, originally I was like, okay, it's, you know, Mandalorian, not my theme. Mm-hmm. And and let's be honest, I'm more of a 90s kind of 2000s guy and love vintage, you know, you know, I got to pause there and say, I'm using the 90s and saying vintage. That mm-hmm. sucks. But anywho. Just remember, if you were born in 1980, the distance between 1939 and 1980 is the same it is, as it is from 1980 to now. Sucks. Anywho, <laughs> um, that's okay. But, uh, but you know, it's just crazy. So, you know, when with that, that game in particular, I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm not a big Mandalorian guy or anything else. So I think they did a great job with that. But, yes, um, Let's take an example like Wizard of Oz. They threw everything in the sink, you know, everything under the sun, including the sink into that game, and they really integrated it. And um, Mandalorian, could they have done a couple more mechs? Sure. You know, I think there's always room for cool stuff you can add. But Absolutely. the problem is, is you start throwing that stuff in, then the casual person that might think about spending $6,000 on a pinball machine isn't going to do it if it's $10,000. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's, it's a catch 22 that I think Stern is facing now because yes, Gary Stern, you saved pinball. Thank you. You, you literally saved pinball for the home use. It's a great game and that is a debt that can never be replayed, but now pinball is safe and you haven't really changed. The business model hasn't changed at Stern. They're still making the same style of games where it is directed. And I'm not saying if you get a license, you need to direct it towards, you know, the 10,000 people in the world who absolutely love that license. What I'm saying is at some point you have to, we expect mechs, we expect gizmos and gadgets and things that move. And, and it doesn't have to be the entire house plus the kitchen sink that you throw into a game. But when you, when you don't see the innovation or the gadgets on the games, you you're going to start getting stale. And on the flip side of that, there's a, there's a cost associated with these. I mean, Mm -hmm. the more you put into a game, the more it costs you, you work in an industry where you have seen what building supplies have done. Oh yeah. These games are made out of electronics and wood and there's things in them. Exactly. And those things all have a cost associated. I think the real telltale sign for for me, and obviously you, I know you were maybe not necessarily the biggest fan of the Led Zeppelin pinball, which no. was disappointing, I think, to you because you really love the band. I, I do. I mean, right over my shoulder in my office is a Led Zeppelin sign. I have two music, quote-unquote music, posters slash signs in my office. One of them is a Pink Floyd back album um, image and one of them is Led Zeppelin. Those those are my two favorite rock bands. I was very disappointed in Led Zeppelin. Okay, and I think it, you know it was cool. I I, I think it was uh, I, I like the theme. 
Mm-hmm. Um, could it be done differently? I, you know, listen, I, we're Monday morning quarterbacking this, but I think it was, you know, cool for what it was. But you know, that was the last game from Stern for Richie. Actually, he's got two Whitewoods, but nobody knows what they'll ever get produced. Right. So we'll throw those on the back burner. So the last one that we have to know is Led Zeppelin. I'm curious, you know, two years from now or however long it takes, you know, whether whatever the development cycle is to see what Steve does at Jersey Jack. Because I think there is a, uh, um, a cost differential or a bomb differential between Stern and Jersey Jack. And listen, I love Stern because they make games that are affordable that you can put on location and keep in ball alive because at some point that's really going to start becoming a situation again. I mean, right now pinball's hot, you know, kids are like, oh, you know, I'll have a pinball machine in the garage. Can I play that? Blah, 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 blah. At some point, are they going to care? And I think the younger generations are really becoming minimalists and they don't need that. A lot of them don't even want cars. They'd rather Uber everywhere or not even get their license. Well, that and, you know, you figure the younger generations too also have, you know, six figures of student loan debt. So they're not able to go out and buy a ten, eleven thousand dollar pinball machine. They're not able to buy a five or six thousand dollar pinball machine. Yeah. You know, and that that kind of sucks too. I'm hoping though that it has become integrated enough in pop culture because you are starting starting to see a little bit more of it pop up in various ways. Like you're starting to see it more at restaurants and bars. You're starting to see it more. There's a lot more locations that maybe weren't there before as things start to open up again. Um, the community is is growing. And oh yeah. And it's going to be interesting. I know that Stern has an announcement that's going to change the pinball world. So I'm really, I'm really excited about that. It's got to be the connectivity stuff. It, it, that's the only thing I can think of that would make sense. And and I'm sure it's going to come along at some point. Um, yeah. And even in pop culture, this morning I was going on Facebook and uh, saw a picture, you know, that was posted in Pinball Enthusiasts. I don't know if you saw this, but a picture of J Lo doing a selfie. And, in and the she background, had Indiana Jones in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. And in, in my mind, I'm like, okay, is that, I don't think that's her game. Maybe I'm wrong. But... I mean, maybe it's Ben Affleck's game because, you know, the Benefer is back together. Hey, listen, that'd be awesome to find out. I think we need, you know, all of our fans that know Jennifer or Ben, give them a holler and find out whose machine that was. Or just send me Ben's number and I'll call and ask him. Yeah, yeah that Either would way. be Either way, invasive at all. No, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Um, yeah, so so it'll be interesting. I know there's a lot of rumor and speculation. Richie's next game probably based on based on JJP's um, production cycle, and you figure, you know, Eric just finished up GNR, so Pat's probably got a game that is, if not done, very very close. Mm-hmm. You figure well, GNR in October, I think, will be a year since it was released. It, it will. It will. So, you know, so you figure you're, you're coming up on that time frame um, end of this year, beginning of next year. I know that the supply issue is still plaguing everybody. And I, yeah. I want to see a new game from JJP, but guys, please fulfill those Guns N' Roses orders first, because if I have to buy a game and then wait for a year for it, I'm going to be so cranky. But do you think anybody anticipated? The last two happen? years? Yes. <laughs> No, I don't think. Rewind the clock two years from now. If you would have said Jersey Jack is going to literally sell out all their Wonka CEs at some point Mm -hmm. two years ago, I think people would have been like, you're out of your mind. Um, Obviously, don't don't get rid of your pirates because it's going to go for 20 grand or more. Pirates. Um, Mm -hmm. Two years ago, you could pick up a Ghostbusters for $42 to $4,500. That's not the case anymore. 
No, um, but in all fairness, um, since we're still kind of on that topic with Stern, we had the opportunity to pick up a Ghostbusters Pro, mm -hmm. a very special Ghostbusters Pro that was in great condition at a great price. We knew the owner. We knew it had been well-maintained. I said yes to a Ghostbusters Pro. I want to say that again. I said yes. My husband decided to not get the game he has been asking for since we got into pinball. And that was a tough sell for him because that game has some cool things there, in the menu. There's but. There were some really cool things in it, and there was some possibility of creating a situation where that game would have been truly a one-of-a-kind collector's item. Um above and beyond what you would see mainstream. So yeah, we, we ended up not getting that. And there was good reason. We did just pick up a Star Trek and, and we're playing with that and having fun with that. So I currently have Wizard of Oz in my office and then we have five games in our pinball room. And if the rumors of Godzilla for Stern are true, we will have a Godzilla in the house. Like we're becoming hoarders. I literally last year I went through the same thing right around June. Okay. So like mm -hmm. pinball pricing had crashed March, right? Everybody was nervous and you know, mm -hmm. literally like, I feel like, I don't know, the month after the world shut down, um, pinball pricing had dropped five to 10%. Okay. Maybe, maybe more in some cases. Yeah. And then about June last year, they had kind of, you know, crept back to where they were reasonable and everything else. And I remember thinking I got too many games. I got, I think I had like 13 games at the time. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I sold off five or six of them, you know, nice and simple. And then, uh, you know, got down to seven and the pricing now is just shot through the roof. So, mm -hmm. and you know, I have seven now and even now I'm, I'm probably gonna thin it back a little bit just because I don't have time to play everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, you get to a point once you have a larger collection and stuff starts, starts to break or you have to maintenance stuff. You're like, Oh, geez, you know. You're spending so, more time working on them than you are playing them. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I got a Terminator that's in front of me that, you know, is pretty much done. Um, but honestly, I mean, there's games in, in my collection now that I need to shop out. They don't need it, but I would like to do it. You don't like to sit still, though. You're weird like that. We we have some maintenance that we need to do on Wizard of Oz. There's a, uh, a solder that came loose, and of course it's in that pesky upper play field that's why i was having issues with my upper flipper it would just kind of it would double or triple flip if you held down the button certain times but not all the time and we found out the issues of solder that's loose and and uh we can't get to it without taking that upper play field apart so that's going to be a lot of fun and then um service ours, announcement I'm yeah gonna, i'm gonna break break this off here it's it looks very intimidating um, it's not easy, but it's not nearly as difficult as it looks, you know, I think it's like, I don't know, 12 screws to remove that, something like that. It's, it's really not bad. You know, the biggest thing is you just have to make sure you put the screws back in the, the right place. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so that'll be fun. And then, um, our Star Trek, we had, there's, it has the LED lights on the sides of the ramps and, um, it looks like we we bought the game used, obviously. That was not a new unbox. We got it from the same distributor as we got Waz from. Nice. Great, great guy. And it the the LED light strip is cut in in the back of the game. 
So um, the distributor is actually, he's taking great care of us. He didn't realize that that was the case when he sold us the game, and he's actually replacing that part for us, um, nice. which we did not ask for. We just asked, hey, where do we get the part? So definitely, I, I can't stress the importance of having a reputable, amazing distributor to deal with. Uh, it's, it just makes all the difference in the world on purchasing. Well, you know, let's deep dive that uh, for a little bit, okay? Mm -hmm. um, and, and listeners, yes, there are still other news that we're going to cover. Um, yep. We were saving some of the more interesting stuff for last to keep your attention. Um, that is a great distributor. Um, but I know a mutual friend of ours recently had an interesting situation with a distributor. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of, it, this broke my heart to hear because we've had such good luck with our distributors. So mutual friend was searching for a game that is no longer in production. It's a little bit harder to find. And they reached out to a popular distributor and said, you know, Hey, I see that you have one of these. Can I get pictures? What's the pricing, you know, inquiring about information. This person is serious to buy cash in hand, really, really, really wanted this game. And his ultimate goal was to buy it for his wife's birthday because she was also one that wanted the game. Um, so this was going to be her birthday present. And this started uh, a month, six weeks ago, you know, mm -hmm. four to six weeks ago. So reached out, didn't hear back, reached out, didn't hear back, reached out. Yeah, we'll get you the pictures, radio silence. And finally, last week, he had reached out again and said, hey, you know, this is this is my last like chance giving you guys a chance like are you going to send me the pictures of the game i i am very interested in this i do want to buy this game if it's up to par i'm trying to give you thousands of dollars and you are literally ghosting me so you know can you please send it and the distributor replied back that they had a medical situation which impaired them from performing any type of heavy lifting activities and therefore would not be able to send the pictures of the game. And, you know, maybe the game was in a box, maybe the game was in a crate, who knows? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I do know that there are more than just, it's more than one person that is working for this company. So, you know, there, it's not like this person is the sole owner distributor taking all the photos, everything. But it was kind of disappointing to hear that. Um, you you never want somebody's buying experience to go that route. No. And you know what? Honestly, um, on Facebook, there was a distributor locally to me um, that somebody had posted, hey, you know, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting a hold of this distributor. Um, and I, I thought that was odd because the, the, the distributor that I'm referencing, and I don't have permission to use their name, so I'm not going to, um, I, I've known as a person to return calls and uh, various friends of ours, you know, know yeah. them and, and speak very highly of them. Um, and then it came out that, you know, he had some medical stuff going on as well. And I, I, I was like, oh, okay. But it wasn't weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, and he literally chimed in and said, Hey, you know, I've had, you know, X, y, some things going, going on. on. I mean, yeah. we're living through a pandemic um, exactly. and uh, you know, very calm, cool and mannered, you know, so stuff like that, I totally understand, but weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks, it starts to suck. Exactly. Exactly. And I mean, it's, this person, I, I talked to this person on a very regular basis and it, and he, and he was literally like, you know, I'm literally trying to give this person my money, like take my money. And, but you know what? I mean, and here's the other thing right now, distributors are having a hard time getting games, let alone keeping games. 
Exactly. So exactly. it's not a matter of like trying to find a buyer. It's a matter of just trying to find product to sell. Um, Zach, I'll call up Zach and Zach and I'll be on the phone for a little while. And hey, Zach, what do you got in the shop? You know, and he'll. You yeah. Know, it's a great yeah. time to clean the shop because there's nothing in it. Exactly. You know? Exactly. He can't hold, can't hold on to a game to, to save his life right now. But, uh, you know, I mean, good. they're good problems. You know, you're making money, but you well, want to be able to help people. You do. And and speaking of Zach, since he doesn't have any games in the shop, um, not sure if you saw, but flipping out Pinball and um, our good buddy Zach Minnie and Nicole Minnie have released a ton of new merchandise. I posted the link on the Free Play Pinball podcast Facebook page yesterday. If you guys get a chance, go check it out. There's some really, really, really cool stuff on there. Some great designs. Um, and apparently if he sells all 75 of the special edition Dennis Creasel shirts, Dennis potentially will do an episode of uh, Pinball Market Trends on the Pinball Show. So, yeah. I loved when he did the uh, the Market Trends the one time. Um, what's your favorite shirt? I know mine is the one with the goat on it. Ah, That's the goat, just... the goat was cool, but I really love puppet, puppet pals. I love the puppet pals. Anyways, I think they're a lot of fun. Okay. Um, and I love the creativity behind that. So whoever's doing that, please continue. It's amazing. It's awesome. I love it. And they were and all great shirts. They, they were. So I, I did love that one. Um, the goat was really cool too. I will say. Don't forget Blinded by Dwight. I saw the Blinded by Dwight. My homie Gomi. Gotta love mm. that one. Um, you know, the, and and I love that he also included the arcade aspect. So, you know, he had his his arcade shell and his pinball shell. And I just, I know he put a lot of time and a lot of effort into it. I love the merchandise. I think it's really, really neat. I have um, a wish list going on of stuff. And yeah. I, I hope that that does really well for them because those shirts and it's not just shirts. There's backpacks and pants and flip flops and underwear and all we sorts the po- of the pocket creasel for sure. The yes. creasel on a keychain. Yeah, that would be hilarious. Yeah, the bottom could be the a bottle opener. Yes, yes, Zach, if you're listening, that was Bill's idea. You know, Listen, and I, I love Dennis, and I'm sure he might not approve of that, but nonetheless, even if he doesn't, it's it's it's. You know, uh, it's all in good jest. You know, Dennis is a, is, is a great guy. Um, and, uh, you know, either that or, you know, some polynomials shirt products. That would be good times, too. Any of it. I, I love the creativity behind it. I do. And I think Dennis appreciates that, too. Um, I know that from what he saw, he, he liked a lot of Dennis Creasel actually said he liked something. <gasps> I know. Um, so that was shocking unto its own. But no, I best of luck with that like i said if you guys get a chance they have kids outfits or kids clothing they have um baby clothing which i think is super fun too my daughter also loves the puppet pals kid shirt she's like mommy i want that one I'm like mm. i'm sure you'll order it but you know what going back probably Dennis <laughs> likes a lot of things he likes when zach doesn't play the goat he likes when zach doesn't sing he likes when the episode doesn't run too long just saying just saying he likes when ginger ale is on sale and he likes watches. Absolutely. Yes. And we still love him. We love us some Dennis Creasel. Oh, Dennis is a great guy. All right. I think it's yeah. come to that time of the hour where we, where we hit the uh, the late breaking news. What should have been our opening segment, but well, well, actually, okay. 
actually, I was going to say before we do that, just a quick reminder, if you have not updated your Willy Wonka code 2.0, do it. Do it. It is so good. Oh, my gosh. Joe Katz, you're my new favorite person in the whole wide world. That code is amazing. Should that have jumped the value of the market of the used Wonkas? I think it will. I okay. really do. I am not. I am a solid 1.2 million player on Wonka. Like that is just, that's my threshold. That is where I, I will consistently hang out in the 1.2s. My best game on Wonka on previous code, I think was 4.6 million. I have never been in the office. I've maxed out at two golden tickets. Um, I was just screwing around on it just to see what it was about. Like I was not focusing. I had the puppies were running around underneath me. They were chasing the cats around underneath me. I was making dinner and very distracted. And I still managed to pop off an 8 million point game without nice. trying. It's, and it's just, there's a lot more. The code, this is what the game should have been. I love that it's that way. If you're thinking that you're trying to make the game easier and defaulting to a setting that shouldn't be there and you're you're taking away from the integrity of the original game, even Joe Cat said this is the way the game should be. Only like four people in the world have beat it. Update your code. Enjoy pinball. Have a blast with it. It's so much fun. You've never met Joe, right? I have never met Joe. I talked to him when he was on stream with you guys, but okay. I've never met him in person. He's a great guy. Yeah, great, great I, guy. I, I love me some Joe Katz just from the little bit that I've I've talked to him on chat. So, but yeah. So in other breaking news, exactly. Speaking of things that are not repeatable in pinball, if you ordered your Raza, I am so sorry. You might be on hold for a little while. Uh, yeah, yeah, for a long while I think. Um, for those of you who had not heard, for Deep Root Pinball is. And Robert Mueller specifically um, are under SEC investigation for. Uh, that they were indicted. Yeah. Investigations means you know they're they're not guilty. Well, listen, they're not guilty regardless right now of anything. They've not been proven guilty. You know. There, there Let's are get that right off the bat. Yeah. You are innocent until proven guilty. Exactly. Okay. However. But yes. They did file an indictment of charges against Robert Mueller, Deep Root, and some of the other people involved. Yes. Um, and, and this has been kind of, it's the more I'm reading into it, the sadder it gets. There is a 24 page SEC um, indictment that's filed. I did not get through all 24 pages because the more I read, it just, it disturbed me and it disgusted me a little bit. And I think a lot of people have, there's a lot of people who are feeling disgusted by it. And there's a lot of Monday morning quarterback saying, well, yeah, you invested in a game and they showed the game, but they wouldn't let you do this and this and this. And the game's been, quote unquote, done for this long, but nobody's ever gotten one and people were paying in full. Go sit down. OK, you're not making people who lost money feel any better. So go sit down. Ooh, ooh. We'll have to start this this off with just that background. Yeah, right. da, da, da. So real quick, while you know while, while we're talking about this, I know you said that you read this and you were just sick. I felt the same way, but if it's true, then I would be sick. You know, if everything that comes out, even if it's half as true, that's not, you know, even if half of the stuff that is alleged that they're indicted with, you know, they wind up being found guilty of, yeah, that's definitely very sickening. But they're still innocent until proven guilty, you know. I mean, granted, it doesn't look good, no, right? No, okay. it doesn't. Um, and, and if you read through... 
there are a lot of areas where accusations were made and Mueller pleaded the fifth mm -hmm. um, to avoid self-incrimination, which also does not look well. I did not realize that he is active on the Texas bar. He is an attorney that is active on the Texas bar, and he also has his proper licensing for investment funds. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, for those who aren't familiar with this, this is kind of what happened. Um, Deep Root Pinball is only one of the Deep Root subsidies that Mueller owned, was sole proprietor and owner of. And one of these items was an investment fund that he had done. There was a life insurance, life insurance, a life insurance opportunity. Funds. Yes, yes. yes. Um, capital gains and life insurance funds that were, or life insurance opportunities that that were involved in this. And basically, the allegations are that around 300 people invested somewhere around $58 million. So you're looking at around $200,000 a person, if, if I did the math right on that one. Yep. There are allegations that he had retirees invest their annuities from their... Cash out their annuities. Yeah, and, or cash yeah. out their annuities and invest in, in this with the idea that they were going to get five to seven percent back on these investments well and it was guaranteed the thing all right so the thing that yeah. i read that was a red flag to me guaranteed return on investment guaranteed mm -hmm. listen so, i have a hard time getting guaranteed a repair on my car and it's under warranty right oh did you answer the call when they said that your car warranty is about to expire it did because i i i picked it up and they were like did you know that steve ritchie went to jersey jack pinball by the way your car in or your car warranty is about to expire right it was a nice take on it though i love how they did that yeah yeah no uh it's it's uh it's not looking good over there though for for robert mueller um so yeah 58 million dollars apparently he is or alleged that he funneled around 30 million of that to some of his other businesses um because you know if you're an entrepreneur and, and a business owner you don't you don't put all your eggs in one basket you have multiple businesses and, you know, I wouldn't suggest funneling money from one to the other. That doesn't sound like it's too kosher. He allegedly paid himself a salary of around $1.6 million over the course of six years. Alleged. Alleged. Allegedly. Okay. And this was what they're alleging is an ad hoc salary. Basically, he was he was making up his own salary. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm, I'm going for that with my boss, too. There was also allegedly an additional $1.5 million that were used to pay in addition to his salary. Um, that were allegedly used to pay for expenses related to his child's school tuition, wives number two and three for both jewelry. the marriage and the divorce, jewelry. And the other red flag, general FYI, if you decide to embezzle money, run a Ponzi scheme, or defraud investors, do not allegedly. buy – oh, no, this is, not, this is not against him. This is just a general oh, FYI okay. for our listeners – Please do not buy a condo in Hawaii, especially if you are typically, you know, white collar to blue collar worker. I would strongly recommend sticking within the Continental 48 and maybe going for some place that's a little less, you know, audacious. Illinois. Uh, you know, Texas would have worked. Florida would have worked any place but Hawaii. Come on. South Carolina would have been you know, yeah. And you probably would have gotten a lot more bang for your buck, too. Absolutely. Just, just putting that out there. You know, the panhandle of Florida is gorgeous. You still get the crystal blue waters. Panama City. All right. But listen, so. Yeah. Uh, 
I have a little. Well, well, you know, we'll talk about it at the end. We'll talk about my issues with Florida in a minute. Um, Florida, Florida man is my biggest issue. But, but yeah, yeah. So. it's crazy. You know, I, it, listen. So you know, a lot of people in the pinball media, maybe not a lot, but there's been a few that have said, you know, um, these poor people that got screwed out of Raza and um, people that put money down. And then now, you know, they've taken pre-order money on games that will probably never exist. Right. Right. And I feel bad for the, for the people that have put money down and lost it. And I feel bad for the people that, you know, went from the J pop scenario into deep root and now they're still left, you know, holding nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone in the pinball community feels bad for those people because no one wants to see anyone get screwed out of money. Okay. But if this is true, he just screwed a lot of people out of $58 million, which is more than losing, you know, $5,000 on a pinball machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's... You know, you did the math. It was close to $200,000 a person. Yeah. What would you rather lose? You know, 200 grand or 10 grand? You know, I mean, either way, it sucks all the way around, but now it's even worse thinking about it from that aspect. And you know? and I think the other thing that, that I really... When I look at it, the other thing that really bothers me on this is the fact that even if these allegations are false, and let's say that there is a completely logical reason why whatever happened at Deep Root happened at Deep Root, and it is all legal and can be, you know, proven and and whatever, it doesn't matter because the allegations are now out there. So the next startup company that tries to go into business for themselves as a pinball manufacturer is now going to have this cloud hanging over them. The only way I can see them getting around it is if they literally have a hundred games in box or, you know, 50 games in box and say, listen, you pay us, we ship your game. You get a tracking number. Life is good. But yeah, yeah. I think this pre-order model, unless it's literally like spooky or, um, you know, somebody that's established, this is never going to fly again. Hopefully no. not. You know? No, I don't. I don't think it will. And um, and like I said, it's it's very disturbing. And the other part that I think, you know, the SEC does not like to throw around allegations that they don't have a pretty good sense that they can prove. And when you start throwing around phrases like Ponzi-like scheme, where you are using new investor money to pay back initial investor money, you know, somewhere north of eight hundred and twenty thousand dollars that's when you start that's a big allegation that's that's like me saying bill i don't live in chicago but i know that you're responsible for these crimes in those locations in chicago because i saw you doing them you don't t you don't say things like this lightly so this uh, yeah is, this is a big deal yeah uh, i mean because then i mean and look, look he comes from a legal background as well mm -hmm. so i mean i would like to think that he wouldn't put himself in a situation um, that he couldn't litigate through. Um, and I don't think the FCC would start digging this deep or they wouldn't have indicted him if they literally didn't feel they had an open shut case, you know, whether it is or not. I mean, that indictments don't determine uh, innocence or, or guilt, you know, mm -hmm. pleading the fifth, you know, that doesn't bother me as much. Because there's people that have gone into, you know, I, I do a lot of uh, podcast listening to <laughs> shit balls. Yes, I know. That'll be great on an audio clip one day. Mm -hmm. 
So I listen to a lot of true crime stories and stuff like that, and you hear these detectives that force somebody for you know coercion and get a um, a, uh, a confession plea out, a yeah. confession out of them. Um, you know, so it's it's always better not to say anything if you don't know what you're doing. So pleading the fifth to me, you know, as it could it look bad, sure. But no one like there's been a lot of people that have been incarcerated because they said something that they didn't mean or it was taken out of context, stuff like that. Case in point, my cousin Vinny. You watch the first uh, the questioning scene. You know, same thing. So, yeah, that doesn't uh, determine innocence or guilt, but it still doesn't. It's still not a great look for what's going on. No, it's not. So it's you know it kind of puts a damper on on the pinball community. It kind of it makes, you know, it's the one spit and twice shy thing now. Like, it, is this going to impact not only new manufacturers, is it also going to impact down the road new games? You know, like you said, like Spooky is an established pinball manufacturer. They make good games. They make quality games. We own a Spooky game. I love it. I would definitely consider, I, I really like Alice Cooper. I would consider owning one of those if I had room and, and the funding to do it. But are people going to put the, the type of deposits down that they have been if they're ordering these? Or if they do, if, if for some reason we go to a direct from manufacturer model, you know, are people going to trust that the manufacturers produce? Well, and here's the thing with that. I mean, if you ever listen to a lot of people that are talking about deposits, they always say, go through a distributor, mm-hmm. go through a distributor, you know, this way, you know, the distributor is not going to send the money until your game is complete. Um, and that saved a lot of people with uh, Dutch pinball initially. Yeah. Right. Go through a mm-hmm. reputable distributor. True. True. Um, and honestly in pinball, I mean, I like to think most of them are pretty reputable. I mean, you, Nothing is infallible in this world, though. So we'll say Absolutely. it that way. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, and then you have the the Big Lebowski, you know, fiasco. And now, you know, they've, you know, they're, they're turning games out and getting going. And um, people are getting their games. Um, but it wasn't a great look on the initial run of those games. You know, and the fact that they're making games now is great. Um, and, and, and now I think we're at the standpoint of people would like to see them make more games to get them out because... Pinball's in a shortage. I, guess what? I had somebody here the other day looking at a pinball machine. It was his first game. And I'm like, dude, play this game for 10 minutes. Think about it for a day. Go talk with your wife. I don't want to hear, you know, anything that, like, I rushed you or anything else. Yeah. I don't care. You know, I'll hold the game. It doesn't bother me one bit. But Yeah, this, this is not a high-pressure sale. See what no. you think. Yeah. No. When you, when you deal with first-time buyers of pinball, it's a lot of money. You know? It is. It is. In our perspective of first-time buyer, I mean, we did a lot of homework. We didn't know anybody that was in it. Like, we were completely green to this, but we did a lot of homework on it. We made sure that, if nothing else, I will say my husband has OCD when it comes to quality and service expectations. Like, he will, he finds out what the questions are he needs to ask and make sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I have been around other people who are new to pinball who they get the stars in their eyes. It's like new car syndrome. You know, you get the stars in your eyes at the idea that it can be yours. And then sometimes you forget to do that due diligence of asking those questions or you feel it's the fear of missing out. You have to buy this game right now because Mm -hmm. especially right now, if I don't buy it today, somebody else is going to buy it today. And once you get in this hobby, if, if you know five people, you know, quite a bit, you know, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, neighbors and great friends of yours. Yep. 
they bought two pinball machines at the same time. One they bought from a person upstate, mm -hmm. and they didn't really know the person, and but they feel like they had to buy it, right? Yep. Um, hopefully they don't mind me, us telling the story. And no, they were I'm looking sure they'll be fine. for another game, and you <clears throat> facilitated that purchase for them. Oh yeah, yeah. Just send Bill eight thousand dollars, and you know he'll send a game to you. No problem. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> Which is crazy to, to step back and think, wow, I'm going to send somebody $8,000. I'm going to hope he puts it on a pallet and send it to you. Mm -hmm. But the community is so small that once you kind of have that base of, you know, people who you know and um, people that you, you interact with. You learn who you can trust. Yeah. You know, I got our good friend Zach Popeye here. I mean, it's it's a beautiful example. Yeah. Bill, you know, here, we'll play it and, you know, do a couple things to it. Sure, no problem. You just, you know, it, it's amazing how this hobby kind of changes you. But, you know, it is important to do your due diligence. And when you have enough people in this hobby, you can ask somebody, hey, can you go check out a game for me? Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Or, so, hey, do you know of this person? You know, it's they're saying this and this and this. Are they legit? Do they kind of over-embellish? Do they under-embellish? You know, it, what's the deal with this? But, I mean, even, you know, they sent you the eight grand and you sent them a game. You sent me my mods before we had payment transferred to you. When we bought the mods for Waz after you stripped it down, you literally boxed them up, professional like professional packing job, and sent them out and said, "Okay, just get the money to me." And it it wasn't a small amount of money, you know, per se. It was less than an actual pen, but still, like it was a good faith transaction. Uh, listen, your friend sent me eight thousand dollars, right? Yeah. And now, I, I, because of that situation, now we're all good friends. Yeah. Um, even though I haven't been in their pool yet, which, you know, at some point. I'm telling you, um, hey, no, we're going to do that house swap thing in, around Christmas time because their pool is heated. You can go over and, you know, they owe you a steak dinner and you guys can hang out in the hot tub or in the pool. And, and we're going to go see snow for Christmas one year. It'll be fine. You, know, you don't have to listen. I'm sold. So that doesn't, <laughs> um, I'm in. But, uh, you know, and, and, and the reason why I kind of told this story was, <clears throat> number one, to say that, there are a lot of good people in pinball. There are. You know, you just have to be a little careful at first. Um, number two, moral of that story is you're going to create, uh, create great friendships, you know, throughout your various processes. And you're going to meet some people that might have different expectations of what's acceptable. Um, I know I know a couple people that what they deem is cool and acceptable, I think is a little audacious and off-putting. But that's okay, you know. Um, it, it, that doesn't matter. But uh, and the other thing, too, is, is there's still a lot of new people getting into pinball, even, you know, at this crazy time in pinball. You know, somebody was looking to buy a very expensive game. So yeah. no, good it, times. It still is a good, good time times. to be in pinball. There are, you know, pitfalls with everything. And this is one of those, you know, black eyes at the moment. But we'll get past it. We'll get back up. We, yeah. got, we got some more rounds in us. Well, and I think on that great advice. We're sitting in an hour. I think we should wrap it up. Um, the only thing I'm going to say is Florida. I don't like how many yeah. uh, tropical storms, hurricanes you have. Because that slowed us down as well, you know, from recording a couple of times. But well, that's okay. well, between that and our, you know, for those listeners who are new to the podcast, I live in Northeast Florida, and, and we were running, like, number one for COVID numbers for the country for, you know, quite a, a while. Florida's number one. Florida's number one. Um and I, I work for one of the largest hospital systems in Northeast Florida. So, yeah, we, we've been busy. Just a, just a bit. Yep, just a bit. But 
Yeah, you had a crazy summer too. So, yeah. But anywho, it was great recording. Um, hopefully, this audio comes out great this time, and we shall see how it goes. Absolutely, and we always appreciate feedback. So please, at any time, feel free to reach out to us. You can email it, email us at freeplaypinballpodcast at gmail dot com. We are also on Instagram and Facebook on Free Play Pinball Podcast. I will say that I'm a lot more active on the Facebook postings than I am Insta, so please forgive me on that one. But we would love to hear feedback. We would love to, you know, hear any ideas you guys have. If there's something you like with the show or something you don't, let us know. Yeah, we can change it or tell you we can't. One of the two. Yeah. Yep. And if you have really, really major complaints, please feel free to reach out to Zach at the Pinball Network. <laughs> <laughs> now he will he will uh, default those to Dennis. So yes, yes, he know. will. He will. Yeah. He will. Now, um, we love to get it though. We we love to hear back from you guys. So yeah. So everybody, take some time out, have some fun, play some pinball, and don't forget to wash your hands. So long, everybody. Podcast listening. <laughs> <laughs>